Do you know, I won't lie. You know, I was kind of dogging on tennis being crammed down our throat. I am kind of digging Wimbledon a little bit. Now, you're not going to see me breaking down tennis. It's never going to be my thing. But I've, I've enjoyed this. Well, and Nadal, right, is trying to go for the Grand Slam this year. That's right. Which would be amazing if he could do that. He's facing uh, Fritz, who I guess is the next hot shot American. And and I don't, it was funny because they were showing Fritz and Nadal playing from a, a long time ago, Taylor Fritz. But I'm, I don't think he's that old. Um, yeah, he's only 24 years old. So Ranked 11th in the world? That's right. Out of Torrey Pines High School, which is, is just down the street. California? Just down the street here, right? Yeah, San Diego. <laughs> I mean, I figured it was because that. So I got, did I tell you that I got, in, I got in trouble when Westwood won? I was like, San Diego? Kind of close to Temecula. And like the guy Westwood won was like, Temecula is an hour and a half away from San Diego. I'm like, what? And well, to us around here, that's really not that far. It's not that far, dude. It's like just right down the street. It's like a drive to Stillwater. Okay, right, exactly. Like I'd say Stillwater, fairly close to Oklahoma City and Norman. People no like, doubt. What? Like, well, you know, it's just down. Tulsa's fairly close to Oklahoma City and my Absolutely. World. Kansas City's close. Speaking of close, Newcastle Casino. Close to you. It's where real gamers come to play. The best reels are E-E-L-S in the Metro. Happy hour Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. And place your bets in the OTB at Newcastle Casino, conveniently located I-44, exit 207. All right, let's go. Big story number five. All right, we got a little Baker battle going on right now. Did you, did you happen to see the report from Ian Rappaport? On the Pat McAfee show. No. What's he got to say? So, and this made the rounds, but Rappaport said that there was never any interest in Baker Mayfield by Seattle. Which, okay, is is interesting. I was trying to actually find the audio so I could play it for you, but I don't know if it's... In the 8,000 tweets that Pat McAfee show pops up in the span of like 24 hours. I mean, just content after content after content. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get there. Well, that is a departure, right? And it makes you wonder, I mean, was that just you and me and the media and fans saying, okay, Seattle's clearly got a need after dealing Russell Wilson for a starting quarterback. Obviously, they'd be in the market for Baker Mayfield. Or is that Seattle trying to drive the asking price down? Well, it's funny that you mention that. Because Josina Anderson, who I guess is now the expert on all things Baker Mayfield. Correct. Immediately went to Twitter to say, "That's that ain't true. That's not what I heard. That's not what I heard. So, hold on here. Just I want to make sure that McAfee's not dropping any bombs in this. But um, – Yeah, that's probably an important which, check. Which, which is kind of an important – and I played this earlier, and I don't think that there were any. But here is what here is what Ian Rappaport said on the Pat McAfee show yesterday about Baker and Seattle. Right or not right? It is not right. Oh, what? No. I, oh I, no. I know it's the well, fact good that you for Drew. Can't... Yeah, and Seahawks hate him though. So Seahawks don't like fans. Don't like Seahawks. If you Seahawks, okay, I'm not going to risk that. That's not the same cut that I play. Yeah, it's, you it's know, a little dicey. You never know whenever they start talking about. So anyway, the gist of it that ain't true, right? 
Well, Josina Anderson, and in the same way that reports get aggregated, Pro Football Talk aggregated it and said, hey, there is – there is no interest in Seattle when it comes to Baker Mayfield. Josina Anderson retweeted it and said this late last night. This is inaccurate. Though I can see why it may be necessary to float this now in case the Seahawks don't get Baker number one. And if number one happens, it helps to manage the path ahead with their current situation. And number three, they're still trying to figure out how I know slash heard. Which, again, it's just, I like Josina. I want to like her, but this whole, that's not the report that I haven't reported yet that we talked about from, like, middle last week. Yeah. And now there's this. It's like, we don't we don't appreciate Josina Anderson coming after our local reporters. Regardless if he comes there or not, still true. Meanwhile, stay tuned to the timeline tomorrow. So... We went from Baker Mayfield on the verge of going to Seattle. Maybe Carolina. To now Seattle's not interested, but maybe they truly are. I mean, this is... I I just don't know what you can believe, right? And where's it coming from? Sure. And for Seattle, they have such a natural, obvious interest in Baker Mayfield. I can understand Mm -hmm. the Seahawks, perhaps their brass preferring to go the let's draft a young quarterback of our own sure route but look baker mayfield for one season in a prove it type year when i take my chance seattle is not in a good spot at the quarterback position makes so much sense yeah absolutely um i put a poll up this morning very early and i asked a very simple question uh landing spot for baker mayfield and it, it generated a little reaction, uh, close to 1,000 votes right now. 820 to be exact. People get mad when I round up. That's, no, 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 no. It's a bit of a round Sounds up. like 2,000 votes to right. me. It sounds like 15,000. Just like our last election. Votes uh, are all That's off. right. Seattle, a whopping 60% as the best landing spot, 56 to be exact. I rounded up. With Carolina a distant second, 12% said stay in Cleveland. And, of course, there's the other category, which included send him to uh, the CFL, XFL, oh, acting, blah, blah, blah. I think the one – people, a lot of Pittsburgh people in there. Uh, Zach, best scenario would be for Baker to somehow land in Pittsburgh so we can watch him face the Browns twice a season. Well, that would be tasty from a viewership perspective. <laughs> I did have to laugh – Kindle tweets, the Seahawks are my mom's favorite team. She'd be happy as a lark to have Mayfield as her quarterback. There you go. Happy as a lark. Mrs. Kindle, uh, Mama Kindle would be very happy on that front. Are larks happy? I think they are. I think they are. Uh, But anyway, there's a lot of responses to it. We'll get to it a little bit later on in the show. But is he a candidate or is he wanted in Seattle? Josina Anderson says yes. Is there any movement to him? Most other NFL reporters are saying no. My sources say Maybe. <laughs> That's a pretty good source. All right, big story number four. All right, uh, Shams, speaking of Pat McAfee's show yesterday, Shams was all over the Pat McAfee show yesterday, dropping bombs on a potential, speaking of no traction, Kyrie trade to the Lakers. Oh, no. You can leave the shortcut up. I promise I won't play anything dirty from here on out. 
there's no traction on any type of a Lakers deal for Kyrie Irving. Yikes. So there's nothing new on that. And, and I, I'm not quite sure we're going to see that take place. It's hard for me to take that cut seriously. Just hearing the word traction is traction. difficult for me. I would like attraction. <laughs> so Sal wants attraction. The two people that get it, it's all that matters to me. Um, and, and Kyrie knew that it was possible. Kevin Durant was going to ask for a trade. Kyrie Irving, I think, knew and understood that this was a possibility. Even before he opted in, there were conversations that were going on behind the scenes that, listen, Kevin Durant is really, really, really considering his future with the Nets. And what does that mean? He's got four years left on his deal. I reported on draft night that he's really considering and mulling over his future. There were serious concerns around the Nets, around everyone within the roster that Kevin Durant could eventually ask out. And so... Kyrie Irving makes the decision to opt in. There was no clear-cut opt-in in trade scenario. There were a couple teams that had some interest, the Lakers being one of them. No one stepped up. Obviously, wasn't a deal done. So Kyrie Irving opts in. His intention at that point is to play out the year. Uh, but Kevin Durant made a decision that only he can make in terms of going to the Nets and requesting a trade out of Brooklyn. And uh, from everything I'm told, uh, that stance has not changed. There's been no signal that he's going to back off of that. If anything, that stance is expected to continue throughout this offseason in terms of Kevin Durant wanting a trade out of Brooklyn. And and it doesn't appear as if there's going to be anything quick that happens with the Kevin Durant trade. These superstar trades. You think about Kyrie Irving when he got traded to the Celtics in 2018. You think about when James when Kevin uh, when Kawhi Leonard gets traded to Toronto. You think about Anthony Davis getting traded. By the way, the funny thing is I love Pat to death, but his example does not tie into what Shams is trying to make a point here. The Lakers. All three of those trades took two, three months to get done. Even the Rudy Gobert trade, when he got moved after the season ended to now, took two and a half, three months. So this process with Kevin Durant could take a while, but there's no doubt he wants to trade out of Brooklyn. There you go. So yeah. that's the latest on that. They're going to exhaust every potential offer for Kevin Durant. And do you, over the course of that time, try and fix the relationship too, right? No, I, I know they, that. I think they are actively trying to fix it. The NBA is... Very much not that way. Right. We, we saw that with Aaron Rodgers is the chief example I always come back to in the National Football League to where, what were we sold, Plank? Oh, this is, it's a divorce. It's messy. There's no fixing this. He'll be gone to Denver by this time tomorrow night. And lo and behold, what do we have now? A new mega deal for Aaron Rodgers, and it's uh, kumbaya in Green Bay all of a sudden. So that can happen in the National Football League. Does it? Typically seem like of late, especially so in the NBA, that that's really the case. When a superstar wants out, a superstar gets out, they get the trade they want in the NBA. But could there be a path to reconciliation? I think there could be. But probably not, huh? Probably not. <laughs> Big story number three. How dare I, how dare I wait this long to build the statue to Chet Holmgren? Uh, last night, he dominated, dominated the NBA Summer League. Holmgren, one-on-one -on -one against Law. Takes the bump, now the jumper pulls the string. But who are these play-by-play -play cuts of? I don't know. That was an odd Let's see ending here. point. Two-handed slam. Let's see. Holmgren up top and down. High flyer, two-handed. <laughs> Perfect. Who are these people on the play-by-play -play call? Ugh, who's chopping these clips up oh my is what gosh. I don't know. Here's Law, baseline, takes it right at 
Holmgren. And guess what? Denied. <laughs> a little bit of a late reaction, yeah. but I like it. All right, so Chet Holmgren goes crazy in his debut last night, which has led to – I mean, because there can't be a normal reaction on anything. It can't be, uh, hey, I think you looked really good. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does in the summer league. It's either, oh, my gosh, it was the greatest draft pick ever and he's going to dominate the league, or he still sucks. There's, like, no, no positive – or, excuse me, no middle ground right now. I do think that what we've seen from the NBA Summer League so far is that Chet Holmgren possibly going to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. <laughs> and clearly the Sacramento Kings got that Keegan Murray pick exactly right Ugh. based on the evidence we have from NBA Summer League. No, it was uh, obviously it was a terrific debut for Chet Holmgren as a number two overall selection. Look, this is what you ought to do versus these guys in the NBA Summer League. Am am I ready to say that he's just uh, absolutely surefire, lock it up, throw away the key, he's a foundational piece for Oklahoma City? No. And I'm never going to – you know how I am with any I of this. Preseason games sure. in the NFL, don't care. Cool. I'm, I'm a little bit interested. NBA Summer League, hey, yeah, that's nice. Show me in NBA games that matter. But it's a good start. It's positive. It's a great sign. Kevin Durant tweeted at him. Oh, he did? Yeah. What did he say? I'm coming to play with you. <laughs> he uh, that'd be cool. Literally retweeted Chet Holmgren's shoe game, which I guess. Listen, I'm not a big sneakerhead, right? In fact, the coolest pair of shoes I have, Coach Gas Patty Gasso gave me a pair of shoes for my birthday last year. They're like these OU Sooner shoes. They're incredible. I'm afraid to wear them. They're so nice. They just say, sit yeah. them on a shelf. So, so they're literally in. I, I put them on a shelf. They're in, in your a shelf office. in my office. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're right there. It's just these are the coolest things I've ever had. So I'm not a sneakerhead, right? But Kevin Durant retweeted and said, "I see you cooking seven. First day on the job was a, a success. Love the kicks." And then added him hmm. at Chet Holmgren. Maybe, maybe this. I'm Listen, never coming back to OKC thing. I'm not here to tell you that Kevin Durant is coming back to Oklahoma City, but I'm not here to tell you he's not. So I just want to make that very clear based on him. Uh, watching Chet Holmgren drop 23 points, seven boards, four assists, and six blocks in just 24 minutes. Don't be upset when he goes out and only scores five the next time. It's kind of the summer league roller coaster. We saw it with Keegan Murray the other day. Um, it's, it's not always going to be great. Brooklyn fans are going to love Lou Dort. <laughs> He's going to look great in a net. Him and Kyrie Irving in the same backcourt? Good times. Game it's going to work out well. All right, big story number two. Before we get to the uh, conference realignment, is it all, is it late? Oh, we're good. Okay, we're not too we're not too far behind the clock. It's only seventeen after. Here is who the Oklahoma Sooners are sending to the Big Twelve Media Days next week in college football. Ethan Downs, Woody Washington, Marvin Mims, and Dylan Gabriel. Ethan Downs is the most interesting name of that bunch. The fact that he is going tells us that he's been very impressive throughout the spring. That's a good point. And this staff thinks, okay, Ethan Downs is about ready to burst onto the scene and have a big-time impact for the Sooners because I can't think of another reason he would be – with those other guys going to Big 12 media days. And he's a true sophomore. Right. Like, he played last year as a first-year guy. And you don't see, historically, and what would – listen, I'm not going to try to bring up past regimes, but 
the trip to Big 12 Media Day was a reward, and that's why certain guys didn't go in, in years past. Well, like you said, true sophomore. So true it's not sophomore. as if you're rewarding a senior that's been in the program a long time. He's just some great orator, so he's going to Big 12 Media Days to speak on behalf of Oklahoma. No, that tells me that Oklahoma, this staff, thinks that he's going to be a big part of what they're doing defensively in 2022, which you think about kind of that position group. Reggie Grimes is somebody that would be further along than him. Marcus Stripling, we saw a star in the Valero Alamo Bowl, so interesting. Huh. Um. Yeah, but I don't have a problem with like Gabriel going. I think he's asserted his leadership. I don't have be. a I don't have a problem with any of these guys. It's just that jumps out to you in a really, really good way because I mean a Reggie Grimes is a guy that's made a name for himself. Players like who am I leaving out? Jalen Redmond. Jalen Redmond. It's pretty cool to see a sophomore get that spot. Really cool. And a guy like Ethan Downs, who I think we've started to dig quite a bit. Uh oh. Is Nate all hurt here? What's going on in it's Wimbledon right now? Not looking good. Down two sets to one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, but anyway, the the other big story from this list of players attending Big 12 Media Days is that Quinn Ewers is not on the list for Texas. Uh, they're sending Roshan Johnson, B. John Robinson, uh, DeMarvian Overshone, and um, I don't even know how to uh, – Chufo, the defensive end. Oyo Chufo. So – they're not sending no Xavier Worthy. No Worthy. Maybe they were worried about him get having issues whenever it came. Whenever it came, <laughs> English man, we get two days off and I forget how to speak. Maybe they had some issues. Whatever, like the line of questioning he might get with the transfer portal stuff that he had this summer and the USC rumors. I, I would want Xavier Worthy. Who there. cares? Dude's a rock star and he stuck around. Did we do big story number one yet? He's also the reason that uh, Texas is number seven in the ESPN FPI rank. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Hey, they finished seven and nine. Uh, I may give them an NFL record. They finished five and seven. But listen, our statistical layout shows they were actually the seventh best team in the country. Yeah, send that one to uh, send that one to the fans and see how they feel about it. Well, wait, hold. What am I saying? It's the off season. Texas fans would be on cloud nine. See, told you we were good. All right, big story number one. Uh, big story number one. Let's go. Let's go all in on conference realignment and what we know and what we've learned when we come back because it's already eleven twenty one. We have new reports, but nothing official. I mean, everything is speculative right now. Where does Oregon and Washington want to go? There's a report from John Wilner about their future that we'll get to next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. There is, I guess you could say, a skosh of breaking news, smattering of news. Um, this is. From Michael Balco Jr. And I don't know, again, is there a little bitterness because he's verified with half the followers that I have? Maybe. You should be bitter. Maybe. Um, but he does credit himself as being a sports journalist. And let's see, where is area code 814? So let's see, what is that? the central portion of Pennsylvania. So when I think of people that are dialed in to what's going on with Baker Mayfield, I think of central Pennsylvania, sure. Josh Elmer. But he tweeted, yeah. he tweeted this morning, teams that I've heard have interest in the Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Seahawks, Panthers, Bucks, Lions. 
Seahawks, Panthers, Bucks, Lions. Interesting. Now, the it'd be funny with the Bucks because that'd be really good for him, I think, to sit a year, learn for Tom Brady. It'd be interesting with the Lions because I mean, I know the Lions are a bit of a joke, but I think they're actually building a pretty good roster. <laughs> think what they I mean, you look at the Lions depth chart right now, we'll see if Jeffrey Okuda can become something, but and I'm not trying to say that they're a quarterback away right now, but it could be a pretty nice start, right? And, you know, they ended up with Aiden Hutchinson to anchor that defensive line. They they have drafted some in, I mean, listen, Pene Sewell anchoring the right tackle along with Taylor Deckler, two first round picks. They got a first round pick at center. They got Jamison Williams to be their go-to receiver this year and spend some money. Yeah, they've on added DJ some chart. So they got, I mean, there's something there. DeAndre Swift, if he can stay healthy, pretty good running back. So again, I I wouldn't complain about it too much, though. I I do think, Josh, that the one thing that I do think that the one thing that stands out <laughs> is yeah. every single place he's going to is probably gonna end up being a one year prove it deal, right? And yeah, he's not going anywhere and inking a five-year extension. Right. No, exactly. And I think that's the one thing that I think everyone needs to understand. All right, I, I, speaking of Bills, I have made Bill wait, um, and I apologize. Is he still that. hanging on? Is he still there, or did Bill bail on us? What's up, Bill? Good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello, Bill. Good morning. I wouldn't blame him if he bailed, man. I left him there for a long time. And here's the thing that I would say, uh-oh, Connor has sprung into action now. He's gone. He's gone. I feel yeah, bad. I, I left him there time. for like an hour and a half. I don't know what I was doing. It's just whenever we had the when whenever we had the transition, you put up who was on hold, and I was like, "Oh, good, Bill's there. I'll get to him in a second after Danny." And then Danny came, and then we had the conference talk. I'm just I'm a terrible person. If you hear this, Bill, I want you to know, it's Bill, all good. I'm a terrible person, and I left you there way too. Long. We appreciate you. Now, with that in mind, let's pay off the tease, shall we? Because Less. I mentioned there was a. A tad bit of at least nothing is breaking news. Everything is breaking speculation, right? Everything is speculatory when it comes to the future of the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC. The, and no one really knows right now, except that USC and UCLA are headed to the Big 10. In 2024, August of 2024. The man who broke the story, John Wilner, just tweeted, quote, Source told me, quote, I'd be stunned if Washington and Oregon go to the Big Ten. Read it again. I'd be stunned if Washington and Oregon go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten will sit back for two years, then try to get Notre Dame. Now, is that two-year window because... They know the playoff isn't going to yes. 12. Okay. Yes. And then Notre Dame's hand will be forced a little bit to go to a playoff. I just, or, you, excuse me, go to a conference. You start you start putting the puzzle pieces all together, and I have to say it looks like Kevin Warren had a big master plan in all of this. He, he totally set this thing up to stall expansion. Sure. Right? Ends up convincing the Pac-12 and the ACC, hey, let's not poach one another's members, and then proceeds to poach the two biggest members of the Pac-12 conference in USC and UCLA. Now the breaks have been totally halted on college football playoff 
expansion. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, what does that mean? It makes Notre Dame's future incredibly murky. Yeah. To where they start sniffing around on the idea, is it finally time for us to to join the Big Ten, to join the SEC, wherever they would wind up being. Big Ten seems to be the most natural fit. It just, again, <laughs> kind of smells and looks like Kevin Warren had this plan to try and lure Notre Dame in in this fashion. And I don't think anything in terms of the Big Ten or the SEC, I don't think we have another domino fall until – Notre Dame falls. So I think we could be in a holding pattern in terms of what the Big Ten and the SEC ultimately do right? until we get a couple of years down the road with just what you're talking about, the college football playoff. Is it going to expand a little bit? What does the future of that look like? Because there's not a future for it after 25 right now. Correct. Um, Wilner added to that tweet, the growing reality is the Ducks and Huskies have to, one, Make it work in the Pac-12 or two, join the Big 12. My guess, number one, is their preference. And it's interesting because, you know, it, the Big 10 has had this TV deal in place for a while, right? And we've, we've read story after story after story about it. Why are they so slow to announce it? Is it – are they waiting on a Notre Dame decision? Is there – Something else. I agree with you. I don't think there is. Um, Then number two, if the Pac-12 is hustling to the negotiating table, are they selling the TV networks on, well, we're going to have this deal with the ACC and we're going to do this, or we're going to go get these? And there's not really a team, I think, that would move the needle, right, for the Pac-12. You have Utah, you have Oregon, you have – Washington, Utah, and Oregon. You have Washington. Yeah, you've got a few. In terms of a market, anyway. Arizona, Arizona State have been good at times. I just, I don't know if there's anyone like out there where the TV networks are like, okay, all right, we we see you now getting back to twelve, adding Boise State and UNLV or whatever well, it might be. And they're not adding Clemson, Florida no. State. They're not getting Notre Dame. So no, they're not getting the type of ad to the Pac-12 that would be. Equal to USC and UCLA. That's not happening. And, and I wonder, in this newly imaged Pac-12, is there going to be a grant of rights? Right? Are they going to have to have a grant of rights that they signed? And how long would that be? Well, and, and do Oregon and Washington, <laughs> are, is there going to be some sort of special stipulation? I can't imagine that the other schools in the league would go for that, right? Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for their futures, depending on what a new – grant of rights with the Pac-12 looks like. So, again, John Wilner at Wilner Hotline broke the story of the uh, Pac-12 exit by USC and UCLA. Quote, I'd be stunned if Washington and Oregon go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten will sit back for two years and try to get Notre Dame. Wilner added, the growing reality is the Ducks and Huskies have to either make it work in the Pac-12 or join the Big 12, and it appears their preference is to make it work in the Pac-12, but he did add it. That's just my guess. Well, and it kind of depends too, right? What does it? What do the TV networks want? Who's interested in the Big 12? If, if they pitch the idea of the Big 12 that all of a sudden they're adding these other six schools, including Oregon and Washington from the Pac-12 to go along with the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, is that a tasty enough entree 
for a TV network to say, okay, here's what the financials of this look like, and would it be substantially better than the Pac-12? Ultimately, that probably decides what Oregon and Washington do. Quick break, 11.35. When we come back, the best of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Um, Gosh, we're almost done. Got a little news to catch up on. Hour 3, as always, is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 30 years, call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. All right, uh, 11.40 a.m. on a Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. I think we're back on 94.7, the ref. That's my interpretation and understanding. I had received a text message from the most important listener to this show. That said she was not getting us. Which means, I mean, this is my job at Stake Here, people. This is numero uno on the depth chart. A uh, couple of notes before we get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Brian Davis tweets at us and writes, this is, um, this is interesting. Wait, did I say tweets at us? <laughs> Brian Davis, Austin American statesman, sends this text. To this us. Is, this is interesting. New Big 12 commissioner Brett Yormark. And Baylor president Linda Livingstone will both meet with the media at 8.30 a.m. next Wednesday at Big 12 Media Day. Now, if you wonder why that's interesting, Lawrence Chauvinek is the Texas Tech Big 12, or is the Texas Tech president, is the Big 12 board of directors chair. So that is... Very interesting whenever it comes to why she would be the one chosen chosen to have that conversation or be involved in it. I don't know. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it means that she's going to be Taking next over. up. Right. I don't know. But I do know that Oklahoma did announce today, or the Big 12, that they're sending Ethan Downs, Woody Washington, Dylan Gabriel, and uh, Marvin Mims to Big 12 Media Day. So that's a good sign. I'm, you know what? I will say, I get very. It's a word I'm looking for. I get very sad. I've I haven't gone to Big Twelve Media Day since I moved to Norman. I've been there. Last time I went to Big Twelve Media Days was 2014, and it was awesome. And I get a little bit jealous. Like, I want to do interviews. I want our show down there. But then I realize, gosh. People are so obnoxious because literally, especially radio, and I don't mean this in a mean way. I'm just telling it like it is because you have to beg, borrow, and steal to get people. And radio is a fourth-class citizen at the at the Big 12 Media Day. It's all TV. It's all – well, it's all TV, and then it's – I say this as someone who works at SiriusXM. Then it's SiriusXM, then it's ESPN, then it's another round with ESPN, then it's Fox – it's another round with Fox. And it's like, oh, they got like two minutes. They, they can go run through Radio Row. Just throw some crumbs at the radio guys who probably blew half their budget for the two-night hotel room stay. There, there you go. For the local folks that really cover these teams every single day. I mean, I, honestly, honestly, if someone were to ask me, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't waste the money. No, not anymore. I mean, you get everything you could possibly want on – uh, Big12sports.com, even though they're so terrible about uploading it. And literally, you have to fight for your life to get one interview on Radio Row. Everyone talks to the dais for 20 minutes, and then they go do every other radio op 
possible but yours. And chances are you're going to see some of what they do elsewhere right. <laughs> that they share. Let me hit the Eric Comfort Solutions text line. I'm sorry. I'm just – then I say all that, and then I'm like, I should be going, man. Why yeah. Isn't this, why isn't this we show need, there? We, we got to go, there. man. We got to go. Uh, okay, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Can we get a statue of Chet in Bricktown yet? That's from your uh, Jeffrey, our favorite intern. Though, Jeffrey, it's up for debate because, again, Pierce is kind of crushing it right now. Yeah, he's, he's having an impressive run. Wouldn't it be funny – because tomorrow is the anniversary of Paul George Day. Is it still Paul George Day? No, I don't think so. Like, does that – I mean, Dave Holt pro- proclaimed July – what is it? 7th as Paul George Day. So, is it like Paul George Day forever? Or is it just like the one time? I think Kevin Durant Day on July 4th has had more staying power than Paul George Day. <laughs> now, that's an infamous staying power, but – so, Old Takes Exposed tweeted it this morning, but we are um, on the verge of a rather dubious anniversary because it was on July 6, 2018, when in recognition of PG-13's commitment to our city and anticipation of the journey ahead, I am declaring Saturday, July 7th, to be Paul George Day in Oklahoma City. So, does it still stand? I don't think so. Mm. I don't think so. Unless we, you want to celebrate draft picks, then sure. Oh, also, too, they have the, the picture from Paul George's Instagram with him and Russell Westbrook and the title Unfinished Business. Man, how things have changed. Bro, that was still one of the most – If you th- not to get off, off the beaten path here because we're focused on these Air Comfort Solutions texts. But what a wild stretch that was. And it was only four years ago. We're in – the span of like five hours, um, Oklahoma City went from having Paul George and Russell Westbrook and feeling like, well, four years ago, feeling like the future was fine. You know, we got beat by Portland in the playoffs, but it was a hell of a series and it took a crazy shot from Dame Lillard to beat us to basically having Paul George gone to L.A., and the Lakers missed out on Kawhi Leonard. There was something else crazy that happened. Like you would call it happened like midnight. I was asleep. You would mm-hmm. called me. I'm like, oh no, Josh called me at midnight. Whenever I woke up the next Sorry morning. Sorry about that. Is something wrong? Is Josh in jail? What's going on? But it was it was the wildest span, maybe at midnight, for a move that we had seen in NBA history. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten that I had called you. Because it's Sorry. Went, what I, I want to say it went from Oklahoma City Thunder fans laughing at the Lakers for losing out on Kawhi Leonard to basically sitting there and realizing, oh, we just lost Paul George. Yeah. It was crazy. Crazy. Anyway, uh, happy PG-13 day tomorrow. We'll all wear shirts to commemorate. Meanwhile, the Paul George-Kawhi Leonard pairing has just not been what everybody expected, has it? You know, I know the Lakers get a lot of grief, but how much have the Clippers sucked? Since Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard were Big brought time. together. Big time. Kawhi's never on the court. At least the Lakers have uh, a Mickey Mouse ring to show for it. That's right. You guys leave the Lakers alone. Uh, for the 405. On the USA Softball website, it has Jocelyn Allo on the team, but didn't see her there yesterday. Is she playing for Team USA? So, my understanding, and I don't have a very good understanding of this, and if the most important listener to this show is listening, maybe she can help me understand it. But I think there's like an ex- Banded roster where there's an opportunity for her to play in some situations, but it's it's not like she's on 
the traveling Team USA roster. She was playing for the Vipers, had three hits the other night, so she's getting paid to play. But I, that's a great question. I'll dig a little deeper on that. Uh, David and Norman writes, hopefully JT is busy entertaining big-time recruits today. Rumor has it that Arizona State star Sidney Sanders is on campus today. Let's keep our collective fingers crossed. Catch us one, everyone, don't you, man? If you're in the portal and oh you've gosh. been productive David. in college softball, it's basically just lock it up. You're, you're coming to Oklahoma. I mean, was was Alina Torres not enough? Was uh, Alex Straco not enough? No, absolutely no. not. This is a monopoly plank, and we will keep winning. Give me all the stars. Uh, Tria Coleman did put her name in the transfer portal, though I hear rumors that she could stay close to a Sooner legend. There's rumblings that she could be headed to Duke to join Sid Romero out there. That would be – I mean, that would make sense. Uh, D- Dallas Bill writes, none of this with Seattle's interest with Baker is going to matter when the TikTok time traveler's prediction of aliens taking over the world on July 13th happens. As, Wait, what? what? As someone who is not into the tick of talk and watches everything three weeks later on Instagram reels, is this really – so – when the world ends, I would have known about it a week later, thanks to Instagram. Right? So this USC-UCLA thing doesn't even matter. Why are we wasting our time doing a three-hour show today? Two more quick ones and we'll break. From the 501, any chance the Big 12 and their new commissioner flip the script and focus on extending their lead as the best basketball conference with the schools they wind up adding? I don't, I don't think so. No. It's a good point. Right? It's a fair question. Unfortunately, when we have these expansion conversations, like I nerd out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've never been to Tuscaloosa for an OU Alabama softball game. Or, boy, think about some of these Pac-12 matchups that UCLA, our Big Ten match. UCLA is going to dominate the Big Ten. Going to go to Michigan, play in cold weather. It's going to be crazy. No one cares about anything but football when it comes to these conference moves. It's the reality of it. Right. Uh, and then the most important question in all of this that I don't think we've answered what happens to the Rose Bowl? I don't know. I do not know. As it stands right now, the Rose Bowl matchup could be a good old-fashioned Pac-12 showdown if USC wins the Big Ten and Oregon wins the Pac- wins the Pac-12. I don't know. I think it's going to – I loved my experience at the Rose Bowl. It's one of the coolest bowl games I've ever been to. It's also an unmitigated disaster, loaded with arrogant people who think their S doesn't stink. The granddaddy of them all. Oh, they live that, my man. They live it. And it's just, I don't know what happens to it. It's, it's been unwilling to bend in anything when it comes to trying to, and it, the, the two times it did bend, they've thrown a fit about it. It's like a petulant child. So, I love the Rose Bowl. It's a great experience, but yeah, I don't see anything changing there. And... USC and UCLA were just fine leaving that behind, huh? Yeah, exactly. They said, yeah, all right, later. When was the last time either one of them played in the Rose Bowl, though, too? All right, quick break. Touche. Let's wrap it up next with the Plank Show. Look, Cage the Elephant, not a bad way to go. Well done, Pierce. Well done. Final segment for us. Uh, So Steelman's out. Is it the Parker Thune show today? It's got to be Parker and Connor. Let's go. Is that right? Oh, man. I love it. I'm here for it. PNC Park. Look at you. You just created a show name. Now, we might have some trademark issues with that. Um, tomorrow on the program, we're going to be at Cavens. We spend our Thursdays at Cavens Construction. Um, I I love going over to Cavens. And we have our mobile studios where I watch First Take and get triggered. 
I don't think we're going to have any breaking NBA. Well, we'll have another game for Chet Holmgren, so you'll have that. But I don't think we'll have any NBA breaking news. If there is one thing that everyone has told us, it's, hey, be patient with this, be patient, which means one of two things. It's not going to happen, and we need to continue to be patient, or it'll happen tomorrow. It's a right? done deal. <laughs> it's exactly. happening as we speak. But I do think it's you know the old stand down. I do think we can stand down a little bit on conference, right? Stand down a little bit on conference. Yeah, I think the moves that you should be on the lookout for is the Big 12 – potentially adding those Pac-12 schools we've heard of, and the Pac-12 potentially adding some Mountain West teams that uh, we really haven't heard a ton about that yet. But Mm. those would be the areas where I think expansion could happen soon. And beyond that, I just it doesn't sound like Notre Dame. Now, again, a lot of these moves have kind of happened overnight when you least expect it, but it seems like Notre Dame is very comfortable to wait this thing out see what's going to happen with the college football playoff, and then make a decision on their future. And I don't know that the SEC or Big Ten is going to act aggressively in terms of expanding more until they they get an answer on what Notre Dame's future looks like, which could be multiple years down the road and probably will be. Doc Coiner, our resident Oregon expert, hits us up with one tweet, uh, tweet to wrap the show up. From here locally, there's no interest in the Ducks to the Big 12. They either want to go to the Big 10 or cobble together something from the shrapnel of the Pac-12. It feels like the Pac-12 is an in-case-of-emergency break glass special. I'm sorry. It appears as if the Big 12 is an in-case-of-emergency break glass special. And that might well be the case until TV networks get involved, like I mentioned earlier. TV network might say, hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to get you up to like the 35 mil a year, but we want you in the Big 12, and we want it to be a combined asset. You good with that? Sure, let's go. All right, y'all have a great rest of your Wednesday. Great stuff on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. For Pierce, for Josh on Plank Show, never stops at Josh on Ref, at Plank Show, and, of course, at 947 The Ref, at KREF Sports, and at Buzz Tulsa.